You know what my nickname for the mic is? Mike? Yes. Here we are. We're back. I'm not sure where we are. We're in the new studio. Oh. The brand new studio. Okay. Which just means that I moved. Yeah. But it's a new studio, and I, I'll say it's pretty fancy. It's, it is very fancy. It feels very scholastic in here. Mm. Kind of like those... Medieval? Like, is that what you're trying to say? No. You're saying my room feels like a dungeon? Is that what you're saying? I'm like... saying it feels like those book fairs in elementary school where they sold, like, Captain Underpants it's and stuff. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. <laughs> um, yeah, but Daniel, good to see you again, my friend. Yeah, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You've been living the dream? I've been uh, helping you move, so I don't know if that's the dream. It's someone's dream. Yes, it is. I don't know who that person is. If if that is your dream, email us or yeah. tweet at us and let us know. So next time that I move, um, I don't want you to be left out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But hey, Danny, before we go any further. What's up? Uh, we really need to analyze that song. We certainly do. And I want to start off by saying that, you know, the reason we do this is to make sure we don't get infringed on copyright. I would be, uh, and because it's normally quasi-funny. Um, but I want to just start off and say I would be shocked if a bunch of monks sued us for copyright. I'd be disappointed, honestly. Yeah. So I'm, I, there's yeah. not really actually a good basis for this, for this bit. Yeah. So, I mean. Other than the fact that we've always done it. Yeah. Other than that fact. And the other thing that's going to make this bit, uh, more difficult, if yeah. we're being honest, pulling the curtain back, is, uh, that track was in Latin. Yes, but I am Latin American. Oh, so did you you understood everything that happened then? Yeah, they were talking about bananas. Really? And other Latiny things. Do they chant? Do do monks chant about bananas often? Yeah. Really? More than you would think. <laughs> well, I don't think they chant about <laughs> bananas at all. So if they well, <laughs> if they've ever chanted about bananas once, it would be more than I thought. Well, there you go. I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're not right, but you're not wrong. I, so. uh, okay. We'll we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. For the sake of uh, civil discourse. But that yes. that track was very appropriate. It was. You know, because our topic today we want to talk about is why not Catholicism? Okay. Which I think is a great topic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, before we get started, before yes. we get into that. Um, Shall we partake in the very Catholic act of... Yeah, we're going to partake in some communion. <laughs> um, stand by, listeners. I'm having technical difficulties. I believe in you. There you go. I think I can just open it with... Yeah. It didn't make a sound, but I opened it. Oh. With my mind. With... Are you a Jedi? I'm something. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't rule out Jedi. We haven't ruled out Jedi is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh. Oh, that is certainly a Catholic beverage. Oh, that's good. Um, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Please sponsor us. Um, Daniel, do you, do you know what that is? This is new for the podcast. What? This new, uh, new, new brew. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Um, please tell me. 
It's whoever wants to give us money. Oh, <laughs> man. They have been sponsoring us a lot. <laughs> they have been sponsoring the heck out of this show. <laughs> they have probably sponsored every episode. I think they have. And uh, may I say, delicious. It is very good. I would usually say that we're drinking um, some non-alcoholic beverages for your Baptist needs, but we are drinking some alcoholic beverages for your mm. Catholic needs. Mm. Only for the sake of intellectual honesty. Yeah, that's what we're all about here yeah. on the Uncomfortable Christian <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Facts, intellectual honesty. Do you do we have a lot of Baptist listeners? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I'm pretty sure Al Mohler listens to us. Yeah, Al Mohler. He prepares the briefing right off of our notes, basically. <laughs> it's basically the same podcast. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if we get sued for copyright, we're taking him down with us. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Mohler? <laughs> Brace yourself. <laughs> You've been served. Uh yeah, so, uh, anyway, to get to the topic. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, so I have a couple of Catholic friends, and I uh, was thinking kind of about, you know, the Reformation and all that stuff. And so, you know, there was a reason we split from the church in 1517. Um, yeah. But that's a long time ago. It's coming up on 500 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the Catholic church then is very different than the Catholic church now, and the Protestant church then is very different from the Protestant church now. And sure. You know, a lot of the issues that we had with Catholicism have either changed or are no longer issues, or um, we've the number of issues I would suspect has gone down mm-hmm. um, as far as just like outright abuses of power. They're sure. mostly theological. Yeah. But um, so the question I want to present is why not? Why not Catholicism? Um, why not go back? Yeah, I mean, in my church every week we say. Uh, the Apostles' Creed, which inclo- includes in its, um, in the creed, it says one holy and apostolic church, one Catholic church. Yeah. Um, or I believe in the holy Catholic church. Yeah. My pastor is rolling his eyes currently. He doesn't uh, listen to this. Probably not. <laughs> My high church friends are rolling their eyes. There you go. All two of them. Uh, oh, man. But yeah, I mean, why not be Catholic? Why not go back? Why don't we... Hmm. I mean, because I think there's definitely some appeal there to unity and sort of all of us being together as one church with one sure. voice. And if anything, you could say, you know, it was even better when it was just like you were Catholic, you were Lutheran, you were Reformed, or you were Anglican. Mm-hmm. But now you're like you have 12 like, different versions of Lutheran. Yeah, like 13 subcategories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like, I'm, I can I can think of at least off the top of my head 10 different Reformed denominations, mm-hmm. but I'm... I think there's somewhere in the neighborhood of, if I remember this correctly, there's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 700 different Christian denominations just in the U.S. I would think there would be more. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds like a low be, number. I, I tried to lowball it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of denominations. And so yeah. is there something to be said? The question is, is it, is it better to be together or is it better to be split into a thousand different subcategories? Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess there's probably a middle ground in there somewhere, but sure. this is an Uncomfortably Christian Podcast. We're not into middle grounds. Um, so, we yeah. only do extremes. Yeah. You have to be Catholic or, or you have to be a single Christian. That's all you can be. It's one of the two. Can't even go to church. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Close the doors. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, certainly there's something to be said that I think ideally, like, we would still be one church. Yeah. Um, Just which one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, ideally. Who gets to be Pope? <laughs> yeah, I would um I would I would hold those applications open and Al Moore, if you're listening to this, 
our Pope application. Yeah, if you want to be Pope of the new, of like this new branch of just completely unified Christianity, yeah, uh, tweet at us. It's called the Denomination of Correct Christianity. Yeah, and just tweet at <laughs> us and let us know that you would like to be Pope, and we'll put you in the nominations. Yeah. And so you have to you have to tweet at us to be um, to win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody tweet at Pontifex and let him know that. <laughs> I mean, he uh, he is able to apply. He's able to apply, and he's got a strong. He's got the experience. He has the resume. Sure. To really be Pope. Yes. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> he definitely has the experience. The Pope has the experience <laughs> to be Pope. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I would I would judge fairly based on merit and experience is not. You know, automatically so mean merit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also look at Twitter. Yeah. Um, popularity and social media presence as a whole. Yeah. Those are, that's my, that's my I mean, top so are you category. saying like Sammy Rose is in it? I would say, it? I mean, I was hinting at it, but you just brought it out in the open. I mean, Twitter popularity. <laughs> I mean, is, it's Sammy Rhodes. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah. Rachel Tell Evans. Yeah. Yeah. She's on there. Yeah. She's got to be on the list. Does she have to? I mean, she has to tweet at us to be on the list. Yes. Okay. Okay. Rachel she, Held Evans, it's okay if you don't tweet at us. Don't worry about that's it. That's a different conversation. But, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I have nothing against her um, personally. I've never met her. But anyway, I read her book a different one conversation. Time, and it was nice. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, I, I agree, though. There is something to be said of the fact that, like, sometimes I look at, look at how fragmented um, Christianity is Protestant Christianity. I mean, even Catholic Christianity has weird like camps and parties and stuff and politics. Well, that's actually kind of part of my, my point is that Catholicism more than historical Protestantism in general. Yeah. Um, I know there are some of you out there that will correct me, but in general, Catholicism has been more open. Sure. Uh, um, yeah. Within, to, within within the br- umbrella of orthodoxy, mm-hmm. as long as you stay within the the umbrella, um, you're good. Yeah. Where Protestantism tends to divide over more things. Mm-hmm. I think there's also something to be said that Catholics kind of know who they are. Yeah. And so Protestantism was figuring it out for a little while, and so that was some of the division. But I also I also tend to think that Protestantism kind of developed that like. If I disagree with you, I'm just going to start another thing in America. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, there's really not that many Protestant denominations in Europe. Land of the free, man. Um, whereas in America, we have, like, yeah, you know, disagreements on stupid things, like whether you, you dip the bread in the wine or not. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, definitely. I wonder, so I guess maybe a, a variation of this question is, was it better when we had state-controlled churches? <laughs> was it better? Was it just, is there like a good, is this, I mean, is it a good problem to have where we have sort of Gosh. no state established or no like real strict impositions of religion? Meaning yeah. like you can just, you and me right now, we could start a denomination. We mm-hmm. could file a 501c3. We could, you and I could be a denomination. I think we would need like a hundred signatures. To start for a 501c3? For a religious like tax-free status. No. We don't. Mm-mm. Oh, I've well. done it before. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> not, not for anything nefarious, but yeah, you just need you just need to set up a bank account. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> uncomfortably Christian denomination. Yeah, but I mean, you can do it. It's yeah. not like you know, you could start a church. We could just be an independent, free church and do whatever the heck we want. Okay. And so, I mean, the question is, it's twofold. Like, one, why not? Why aren't we 
going back to being Catholic. Mm -hmm. And two, like, was it better when we had that sort of top-down authoritarian approach? Like, was it, was that better? Or, you know, is there something unique to saying we split all the time, you know, kind of that, Mm. that model? Yeah, I would say, I mean, that, I can't have a yes or no answer to that. Like, that is such a... It has to be either or. You can't (laughs) pick anything in the middle. Oh, then extremely maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I think, so, the whole thing with, like, the indulgences and all that, um, and the corruption that Luther saw in the Catholic Church, like, for the most part, that's been fixed. Yeah. However, I feel like for, like, for people to, like, read the Bible and interpret it kind of... Um, less hierarchically, it kind of opened the door for us to see more things that we disagree with. Um, so it's not just, you know, in, in, in 1517, um, and then the Counter-Reformation happened, and then they fixed everything that Luther, like, that. that's not the, you know? Like, yeah. Because if that had been the case, then, then Luther would have probably just, or like his followers would have probably just been like, oh, I guess. Except he was excommunicated, so that. That's true. That kind of closes the door a bit. Sure. Um. But I think, I think. So you're saying there's some bigger things that are still, that still need to keep us separated or. I think so. I think, I mean, yeah, the the big thing with Catholicism is nowadays it's such a grab bag in terms of like, you can, you can look and and there's going to be reformed Catholics. There's going to be charismatic Catholics. There's going to be, you know, very like gospel driven uh, substitutionary atonement Catholics and there's going to be like old school, like Vatican one Catholics. Yeah. Know? Well, and, so my question is though, is it, but like, like you just said, I'm playing kind of devil's advocate. Over sure. Here. Um, you know, if that's the case where you can be reformed Catholic, where you mm-hmm. can have sort of a gospel understanding. Now, some people would disagree with that. Um, but if you're, if you're making that case, then why not go be Catholic? I mean, if we could be what we want to be under the banner of Catholicism, is it not better than to be united as one mm-hmm. one holy Catholic Church than to be to be split off? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, there's there's a few reasons, and and I think there's certain people who their theology would absolutely not allow them to be Catholic. If you're a Baptist, you can't be a Catholic. Um, and I mean, that's just you know. Right. If you believe in, if you don't believe in infant baptism, then, then you're out. Yeah. Um, but there's more things to it. If you're a congregationalist, then you can't be Catholic. Um, which I guess is kind of a moot point. But then I, I think back to like the structure of the Catholic church and the, and it's, I mean, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago where it's not as much like, do you have the correct theology? It's, do you still think that we're the right church? Yeah, I mean, Catholicism in general, um, from a historical perspective, has been more concerned with um, whose authority you are under Yeah. versus what exactly you believe. Now, don't hear me wrong and think that Catholics aren't concerned at all with what you believe. Mm-hmm. They are concerned with what you believe. But as long as you, you know, believe sort of the big things, yeah, uh, you believe in, um, you know, the divinity of Jesus, you believe mm-hmm. in the Trinity, um, for them, it's probably transubstantiation would probably be in that category, although there's probably room there sure. to at least be Catholic, mm-hmm. um, you know, but there's all these sort of things, but in general, they're more willing to see diversity within within the umbrella of orthodoxy yeah as long as you're somewhere within that umbrella where you believe the big ones 
they they'll let you stay there. Protestantism, on the other hand, tends to be a little. I mean, like the thing that keeps Reformed Baptists and Reformed Presbyterians apart is is only baptism, mm -hmm. really. Yeah, and a little bit of polity, but sure. Um, I would argue no one's a true Congregationalist anyway. But that's another podcast. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was a sideswipe of my Baptist friends, but whatever. What are you? <laughs> They're not here. <laughs> um, yeah, I. But I, I feel like that that might and this might disqualify me from a lot of things that I might say in the future. Um, oh, I'm ready. Just because of my semi-public interest in Anglicanism. Um, oh, but, hot take. Dan <laughs> but Daniel's the, thinking about wearing vestments. <laughs> but the fact that um, that that's the case kind of worries me. Like the fact that there's a church structure that says, you know, basically you can believe anything mm. kind of worries me. And I look at like the actual doctrine um, of the Catholic church, like what, you know, if, if you consider yourself a quote unquote true Catholic um, to the letter, to the whatever the expression goes, um, I don't know that that's, that it's 100% biblical. Right. Um, and I don't, he, yeah, here's, here's, here's my, my big thing is within Catholicism, there's an understanding that you don't have to interpret biblical theology because the church does that for you. Um, and you know, the, the, the Pope, you know, is kind of the top level of that, but then there's like the bishops, the, you know, all the people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, part of the reason why Luther was kind of getting in trouble too was because he was this like lowly monk that was kind of interpreting the gospels in a way that was different from what the church told him. And that's why, you know, ultimately he was like, maybe we should translate the Bible into a language that everyone understands so that they can like seek the truth in their word in the word for themselves. Yeah. Um, but I think that I'm going to keep playing devil's advocate sure. advocate because I think you're making the case for Protestantism pretty well. Um, that, you know, today that would be something I would say Martin Luther broke away from, but today, you know, Catholics read the scriptures. They have, sure. They have translations, um, you know. Yeah. In English and in Spanish and. Yeah. Um, however, you know, what they do, um, that's different than Protestantism as far as the scriptures go is they kind of put church teaching right alongside the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there kind of neck and neck as far as authority that. Both the scriptures and the teaching of the church um, are neck and neck, sort of tied for authority. Yeah. Where for Protestants, it's it's the emphasis is on the scripture. However, what that leads to is sort of um, continued disagreements sure. on what the scripture means. Yes. Where with the Catholics, what you tend to have is the scripture says this. That could mean one of three things, mm -hmm. you know, and they'll say, well... Traditionally, in history, this council said this, these groups have said this, and so we're going to stay with that mm -hmm. in general. You know, yeah. if they think they're really wrong, they'll go and change their official teaching. But in general, they kind of do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess it's kind of what you prefer. Sure. But I, I definitely think there's some nuance there. I think historically that's maybe something that the Protestants should look at a little more is history. Yeah. Um, and see what the church has said for a long time. Yeah. This gets us into trouble as we sort of just, everybody just kind of picks up the Bible 
I think, but I think you see, I think you see kind of the cowboy reading of the Bible, which is, I'm just going to like, oh, you know, still scripture. I mean, that means I can just pick up the Bible and, yeah, you know, come up with my own thing. But then also there's structures within Protestantism that are kind of pseudo Catholic, um, in, in, you know, and as it pertains to how we understand the Bible. Right. Um, and that, I mean, that makes sense. Like we want someone to, to guide us through biblical interpretation cause it's tricky. Right. Um, so that is my aside for kind of agreeing with you and for not really like shaming Catholicism for wanting to have a standard for how you're supposed to interpret scripture. Right. Um, and I think, I mean, I've had, I've had loads of like really good, good conversations with friends of mine that are Catholics who like have good reasoning behind, you know, their Catholicism, um, and even like scriptural reasoning. And, you know, I respect that. Um, but I think ultimately I would still feel uncomfortable with kind of that hierarchical stand, like the hierarchical structure of like, yes, you can, you can kind of sort of believe whatever, but not really like, yeah, we're still going to like scripture might say this, but like the church says this about scripture and that holds equal weight as scripture. Right. Yeah, I think uh, one of my Gordon Conwell professors um, said it best. Uh, shout out Ryan Reeves. Hey, uh, <laughs> shout out. Uh, he said um, during like church history class, we were talking about the differences, and um, he was saying, you know, in Protestantism, you're going to have that one congregate that's going to come up to you and say, well, what about this? Or what about this? And what about this? And you're going to want to say, well, just trust me. Like I, I, I've studied and, you know, I think this is a fair conclusion, but he said it's a, that's definitely a issue Like you know, you're going to have to like help somebody walk through the scriptures and all that stuff. And it's going to take up your time. And, you know, you would wish they would just like, just trust the fact that you, you know, trust the fact that you know what you're talking about. But he said, that's a problem, but it's like a good problem to have. Sure. It's like, that's, that's much better than like having no check on your, on your teaching at all. Yeah. And I mean, I just think going back to, I don't know, man, like the way Catholic theology plays out practically, mm-hmm. um, I mean, go to like a lot of priests and they'll give you a good explanation of the gospel, but go to what Catholic doctrine actually is. And it's very, I don't want to say works righteousness. Yeah. I think what it, it ends up, I mean, I let me... I think I'll put it this way. To Protestants, there's a big it's it smells works righteousy. Yeah. Like it just it has that whiff about it. For them, they would never say it's works righteousness. Right. And they would total it's by grace and all that stuff. But if you just as a from a Protestant perspective, looking at the way we interpret those texts and looking at the way we view it, mm-hmm. it, it just smells works righteousy to us. And I yeah. don't think that's gonna change. Yeah. Anytime soon. So somebody would have to kind of come to the middle, come to the Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And again, there's loads of scholarship from, you know, the Catholic side saying why, you know, the, the whole, you know, state of grace, uh, what's the thing where you like sin, sinning, I guess. The thing where you sin is sin. Yeah. Um, And then, and then you like fall out of that state of grace and then you have to go to the priest and do the confession. And then 
there's penitence and then there's absolution and you're entered back into that state of grace. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, a, a real smart Catholic could come up with a good rationale for that. But the, like when I read the gospels, I don't see that. Yeah. I don't see like, I don't see your salvation being contingent upon you being in that state of grace when you die, because I don't think that state of grace goes away. Right. Cause you sin. Right. Yeah, yeah so no, that's, that's a good distinction. So here's my here's my other question. Kind of take a, I guess none of us are going to be joining the cloth anytime soon. Um, I'm already married, so I I would have to. There's a lot of hoops to jump through to get. It is possible though. Yeah, you're the one who told me it was possible. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is there's a lot of hoops. <laughs> um, but so we're not going there. But I guess the I, I kind of want to go back to the earlier question I asked. Okay. So now that we firmly kind of established, okay, we're going to stay in Protestantism because we just. We can't get all the way there, you mm -hmm. know, even if we respect the heck out of our Catholic brothers and sisters and the Pope and, you know, love having them in the kingdom and all of that. Yeah. Um, all that jazz. What what are the dividing issues? Because I think on the flip side, you know, Catholics, if this was a podcast with Catholics on it, it would be why the heck do Protestants <laughs> split their faith? you know, their denominations so much. Yeah. I actually think, you know, if you want to talk about the decline of the Christian voice in America, that's not necessarily as much the rise of secularism as it is that we have 37 different denominations making a statement about racial reconciliation and every one of them is slightly different, committing to different <laughs> things. And, and yeah. instead of coming out with one voice and saying, Hey, we represent you know, 40, 35% of the population or mm -hmm. maybe 20% of the population in the United States. And we're saying we commit to rec racial reconciliation. You know, the PCA represents maybe 1% mm -hmm. of the U S population. And so we're saying, Oh, Hey, we're 1% over here. We're committing. And then there's another 2% over there and they're yeah. committing slightly differently. And there's another half percent over there. And then there's like six guys over there and they voted too. And they're <laughs> excited about it as well. Yeah. And, you know, so, I guess what's the, what are the dividing lines? Why why do we divide so much? And oh, should amongst, we amongst ourselves? Yeah, like so. So yeah. we've kind of we've kind of said you know okay we're not going to be Catholic. We want to be something else. But like I said, you know before it was just you were Lutheran, mm -hmm. you were Reformed, you were Anglican, mm -hmm. and then you were Catholic or Orthodox. I mean, so there were five choices. Or you were persecuted. Yeah, or you were Anabaptist, <laughs> which you were. You were kind of just out there. I'm sorry, Anabaptist, I forgot you. You were the organized churches that had some sort of structure and hierarchy yeah. that's established that didn't get attacked. Um, there were those five plus Anabaptists. So you could be six. Um, you know, and those were basically state controlled. There was laws regarding which religion could be established. Mm -hmm. You come to the United States and there's no laws about that. And so it's just kind of all over the place. And we continue to do that where it's just continued splitting and breaking apart. And, you know, so I guess my question is why, why do we, why do we keep doing that? Why do we split so much? And what are the things we should split over and what are the things where yeah. we are, and I guess this is a, this might be a long podcast. We may have to do a part two, but, um, <laughs> we'll yeah. try to, we'll try to keep it in one episode. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, I, I mean, this is, you know, a great example of two guys that have like no church authority trying to figure out the problem of yeah. the church. Yeah. Here we go. Wait, yeah. Let's just take it aside. Let's, uh, reader or listener, come, come close. Just a disclaimer real quick. We actually have literally zero, almost <laughs> as much as makes no difference to zero, like church leadership experience. And so take everything we say here 
as two people who have no mm-hmm. idea what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, who are, I guess, I guess that really in general, like without kidding around, the, the way to think about this is we're two guys who want to go into ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, we're two guys who are going towards that goal and we're thinking these through out loud. Don't take our voice as the authoritative be all end all to the conversation. We're just thinking out loud. Yeah. We are processing these. I mean, most of the time we're processing it as I ask the question, <laughs> you know, we're thinking out loud. We're kind of just coming to the table with what we believe and what we think in the moment. But ask us in a week and we may have a different answer. Probably will. And now that we've thought about it. So, you know, and there may be some podcasts where we need to go back and go, hey, now that we've thought about that, like, whatever. But with that being said, just as a disclaimer for everything that we say on this podcast, um, you know, yeah. continue on. Um, <laughs> so kind of, I... You know, taking these, uh, um, what's the word, these hypothetical Catholics that are having their podcast asking themselves why Protestants are always, you know, splitting over, you know, whatever, anything. Over, name, over di- whether you dip the bread or yeah. just drink it. Name one, know. like name anything and a church is split on it. I Carpet color. It. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whether you call it mission trip or missions trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because it's true. Uh, but I think so I mentioned it so I guess I can talk about it again the reason I've been kind of interested in Anglicanism is because there seems to be a little bit less of this a little bit more like okayness with diversity which, do you want us to call like the Archbishop of Canterbury just you can have your podcast with him I like I yes sure <laughs> I mean, honestly, just for the podcast's sake. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, but I'd gladly step aside. Why? That's a great question. I think, I don't know. I think part of it is um, kind of this. But I mean, even just to rain on your parade slightly, even Anglicanism has had a split between Episcopalians and uh, yes, Anglicans. The U.S. Sort of, the US yes. church has, has been censored. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's Which, a lot of turmoil within Anglicanism, and there are breakaway Anglican denominations that aren't mm-hmm. even like a Protestant version of Catholic. I mean, there's an appeal to being like, okay, we're going to be Protestant, but we're just going to be, we're not going to throw out the baby of the, the baby of tradition with the bathwater. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that kind of gets to the point of like, are there some things that we should split over? Yes. Um, there certainly are, and I think that we see that even in early church history. Um, there were people that, you know, were trying to teach random things and the, the kind of church body was like, hold on, if you want to teach this, you're not going to teach this in this church. And then they kind of did their own thing. And yeah, certainly, I mean, I guess, like I said, the big, the big ones, I think, I think we're all clear on, like, if you're not in on the divinity of Christ, you're not in on the resurrection, the bodily resurrection, Mm -hmm. you're not in on the Trinity, you're not really a Christian. Right. Like, you're not really in, you know, if you're not into, like, Jesus died for sin and mm-hmm. that and that his death is um, applicable to your life in in the way of forgiveness and things like that, you're, you're basically outside. So I would say, like, those are fair. I guess I'm thinking more of, like, debated things. Yeah. So there's a good example is, um, let me think of one. Well, the first one that it comes up to my mind is, debated pretty recently is um women's ordination mm-hmm. you know there's reformed there's baptist there's all sorts of denominations that have this debate yeah and is that something that we should split over or is it something i mean 
is it something that we should, you know, argue out within the context of our, our churches? Or, I mean, I guess the alternative to that is, or is it better to agree to disagree and just everybody go to their corner and continue to do ministry without getting in each other's way? Yeah, I almost feel like if, if you're convinced that something's a salvation issue, then you almost have an obligation to be a little divisive. Well, so I'm, I'm going to hang on. I'm going to I'm going to play the, the reporter giving, you know, um, challenging you on that. Sure. But so that depends on what you would define as a salvation. Yes, absolutely. Issue. So, like, you know. Of course, anyone could say like, well, I think this is a salvation issue or whatever. Yes. But what what would we what would you say? What would we say? Maybe are the what would I like personally? Say? Yeah. I mean, because. In general, we know, like, anyone will just pull the, well, this is a matter of salvation. Yeah. And so then they can just, like, do whatever they want. Well, but I doubt that anyone that does that is just, like, doing that. Like, I think... Maybe, I think, you're, maybe you're not as cynical as I am. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But I think, like, let's say I'm the pastor of a church and, um, I don't know, I, I'm okay with, like, women deacons or yeah. something. And there's someone in the church that thinks we're all going to hell because of it. I think it's their obligation to, like, if they're actually convinced of that, either, like, convince me that I'm wrong or get out. Well, so here's, okay, so my pushback on that would be, um, what if, so we're in, you know, let's do uh, Presbyterianism, because that's, we're both familiar with that. But let's say, you know, your church is Presbyterian, your church has been Presbyterian, your whole congregation is Presbyterian. Okay. And it's in this Presbyterian denomination. And you think, like... I mean, is that something where you're worth taking your entire church out? I mean, I guess, like, if you think we're all going to hell because we have women deacons. I, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean. I think yeah. so. And I, I think that's, that's, that's where this, um, almost like democracy influenced, like everyone has a voice version of priesthood of believers is both a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, but you know what's ironic to me is like we have this democracy influence thing, but what that ends up meaning meaning is like I get my voice and my voice needs to be right. Yeah. It's not like the majority rules. It's well, but but I think I, I think as it pertains to um, American Christianity specifically is um, everyone has a voice and that's where it starts. But because we're, we're dealing with spiritual matters and not just like how should we divide this plot of land then, you know, if you're convinced that you're right, then you need to be convinced that you're right. Right. Like, I, I think, I think we it's... We both said right about 37 <laughs> times in that yeah. conversation. That must be a record, Guinness, Book of World Records, or the other Guinness, <laughs> if you want to sponsor us. Um, Brilliant! <laughs> but um, I really think that, um, I mean, I'm just harping on the same point, honestly, but if you're convinced that, like, something that your church is doing is damning then you have an obligation to either try to change that or like you can't just vote on it. Right. Right. And that's why I think it's like when denominations like vote on policies that do have kind of bearings on salvation, I think that's kind of weird because theological, I don't know. Yeah. Cause like, I, I can't, I can't really think of it. I just think theological truths like that, are that important shouldn't be like a vote thing. It should be like a, I don't know. 
don't you even just know hope that saying. everyone will just go to their corner and find the truth and then come back and go, we all agree. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, yeah I mean, ideally, if, if, you know, if, if we all stop sinning, yeah, then we'll, just we'll all come to the, come we'll to come the same conclusion. Yeah, I guess my, my big thing is, you know, so I'm looking at, um, should we, women's ordination, I'm trying to think of another one, so I just don't, I'm trying to think of like other things that wouldn't be as hot takey. Yeah. Um, but like women's ordination is the one I can think of that crosses like denominational boundaries that are still in the same polity. So uh -huh. like basically there are a lot of congregations where you could be, that's the only, or the not denominations where that's the only difference between one denomination and another is basically for the most part, you can ordain women or you can't. Mm -hmm. And that's the big difference for the most part, everything else you really, I really think you could kind of come together and learn to deal with these sort of minute differences. And so, you know, is that worth dividing over? Is that something we should, we should split over? I mean, does that, is that helpful to the church? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking the questions because I don't know that I have a good answer. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know if I can have a great answer just given my employment status right now. <laughs> well, I guess like my two, my two things would be on the one hand, if we didn't. So let's do a hypothetical where all the Presbyterian denominations come together. And so you have, you know, probably it's a 45-55 conservative, maybe, or maybe 55-45 liberal, but it's close. Yeah. If you bring all the Presbyterian denominations together. Um, General Assembly would basically be us fighting about this thing every time. Would just be us arguing. I mean, yeah, this is so my, like so like this is my devil's argument yeah. for splitting up. Like, why we should split up is like, if we're arguing about this every time, are we actually going to get anything done? Yeah. Are we actually going to be doing the work of the gospel versus just deciding, you know, um, let's let's split and you guys can do you and we can do us, and then we're not debating all the time. Mm -hmm. Flip side of that argument is, I feel like once you open that door, it's hard to close that door. Yeah. So once you break away, then the another groups, you know, I mean, the PCA right now is having a bit of a, uh, it's a small debate. It's not a huge debate, but a debate over um, women deaconess, mm -hmm. women deaconesses, deacons, know. women deacons, deaconitas, whether deaconitas. Sounds like a great beer, deaconitas. Uh, but you know, we're having a debate with that. So. If whichever side wins, does the other side split? Um, I just, I don't know. I guess the question for me is, and I don't think there's a good answer to this question. I was just kind of bouncing off you yeah. to see if you came up with something. Um, is once you start dividing, it's hard to stop. Yeah. It's hard to put the, put the genie back in the bottle. Sure. Um, just because... Well, once it becomes more of a precedent, like once... Yeah, once... I mean, I think it's definitely become, in the U.S., it's become, like, the go-to move. Yeah. Is, okay, we don't agree, or, you know, instead of starting a new denomination, we go to a different denomination. Well, I'm going to go be this denomination. Yeah, but it, denomination? it seems to me like the people that are constantly doing that are more fringy, rather... Because, I don't know, I could be wrong. Um, I probably am. But I think... I mean, to, to go back to your, your example, though, that you gave about Presbyterianism, um, I think... Or even, I mean, even Baptists, like Reformed Baptists versus non-Reformed Baptists. Yeah. Like, should they split? Should, like, the SBTC, or this, 
Southern Baptist, SBC, yeah, that's the seminary. Uh, the SBC split. Should the Southern Baptist Convention split over that? Like, because that that's actually more directly a salvation issue than I think women's ordination is. Like, I mean, it actually deals with specifically salvation, like the process by which salvation occurs. Yeah. Which, I mean, far be it for me to decide what's more important than the other thing, but. Yeah, that's, that's I, up there. I don't know. I mean, it's good that it's good that I have a few years to figure that out. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm gonna say. But I think I think I mean, punt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna do a hail mary on that one. Yeah. But I think when I think of like the major church splits in American Christianity and the major like divisions and stuff, mm-hmm. um, there's been something more substantial than like True. than the example that you're giving. So, for example, like. All the northern and southern denominations, like the reason why we had northern Presbyterians and southern Presbyterians and why the Southern Baptist Convention is even a thing, yeah. was slavery, which is a huge deal. Yeah. It was a very big deal. That's worth splitting over. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm, I second the motion. <laughs> um, but then, uh, like with the southern Presbyterians, the reason there was a split between the PCUS and then what eventually became the PCA mm. was more than just women's ordination. It's true. It was like... Do you fundamentally respect the scriptures as God's word? Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's a bigger deal than women's ordination. Yeah. Um, Good counterpoint. So I think, I don't know. I mean. So I guess that, yeah, I mean, I guess you're, you're making a good point, which is maybe I'm giving too much weight to, like you said, the fringe that tends to, you know, oh, we're going to split, but it ends up being 10 guys and, you know, they have. Yeah, you know they meet in some guy's people. basement or something. Yeah, and they they meet at the, they meet at the Ramada in uh, <laughs> in Yuli. Yeah, for their, for, there you go for their general assembly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so I guess that's that. There's something to be said for that, which is like the major splits. You're right; have occurred along, at least the ones I can think of, mm-hmm. have occurred along pretty uh, pretty substantial differences. Yeah, well, and even even. Uh, the example that you're giving about Anglicanism, like the reason that there's beef between the Anglican communion and the Episcopal churches. Yeah. Um, isn't even like, I mean, it has to do with gay marriage basically, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's more a matter of Anglicans are saying you can't represent us as part of the Anglican communion because you hold a view of gay marriage that we haven't really yeah, agreed on yet. Um, and you're touting it. So we're not going to let you speak. That's, basically it um which i mean that is a big move and that's a big deal right um but yeah i think i think generally speaking the things that we should split over are the you know the big things um but i just don't know if i'd be willing or able or capable to like draw a a line in the sand saying this stuff is big and this stuff is small right you know it's almost like when when you get there you know yeah so what we've we've basically concluded that um, that we don't know that we don't know <laughs> uh, we have no we have no recommendations on going back to the Catholic Church or moving forward. Um, well, there so you go. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, thanks for listening. Uh, yes. Hope you enjoyed. Yeah, really. Thanks for listening. Um, tweeted us. Give us some questions or anything. Yeah, um, for sure. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for being here. Yeah, homie. Thanks um, for thanks for moving. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Now we're in the new podcast yeah, studio. The new podcastle. The Oh, you like that? I like that. <laughs> the podcastle. That's that's the new name of this room from now on. Awesome. I like right. it. Uh, see you next time. All right, dog. Bye.